Hello, welcome to the Evolution Exchange Gaming Podcast. We're bringing together the best gaming leaders from across the Nordic region to discuss industry passions, challenges, and ideas. My name is Melanie, and I connect businesses with talented freelancers in the gaming industry. Today, we have a very, very, very special podcast. I am so beyond excited uh, because we're here in the Rovio office uh, in Espo in Finland. Uh, and we're here chatting with Carlos, Astley, Sanna, and Carolina. So today we're going to be talking about how the marketing team is structured at Rovio, what makes Rovio stand out, the exciting things that are happening this year, especially because it's the 20th anniversary of Rovio and the 15th anniversary of Angry Birds. And the sun is shining. The sun has been shining all weekend at the beginning of this week. Feeling very, very excited. And I am personally very excited because I am also from Finland. I know it's confusing because of the accent. Uh, but I can say all in and so this is a, like a very big deal for me as well. So thank you guys so much for, for joining me. So I appreciate it. Hi everyone, this is Chris Bennett here, the Nordics Managing Director here at Evolution. We're committed to doing recruitment in a different way that adds value to both our clients and candidates by providing you with amazing speakers and leading edge discussions on what's going on in the tech scene at the moment. There are three reasons why you should contact me. If you would like to speak on a future podcast, if you are interested in hiring awesome tech data, product or gaming freelancers for your business, or if you are looking for an exciting new organization to work with, please get in touch. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope to hear from you soon. Please enjoy the rest of the podcast. Okay, so let's just go around the room. You guys can introduce yourselves and, and then we'll just start with Carlos if you want to kick us off today. So my name is Carlos. I am currently the senior market analyst for Rovium Entertainment. Um, to put it simply, I usually look at the market, searching for opportunities for business. It can be related to measuring our competitors' games, launches, seeing what our audiences prefer in terms of products, um, if there's any new technology associated with it that we can tap into, new trends and new interests from the overall community. That is pretty much, in short, everything I'm doing. Nice. Um, Ashley? Yeah. Uh, I'm Ashley. I've been working at Robio for about three years now. And I'm a senior product marketing manager in our Stockholm studio. I work mostly with our new games that are under development. Uh, and along with a little bit of Angry Birds too on the side, I would say. Uh, I've spent the last decade working in gaming and before that I was working in more traditional like industries such as energy and facility services and whatnot, but always in the marketing department. Nice, cool. Um, Sanna? Yes, I'm Sanna. Uh, I'm the craft lead for user experience research. I've been at Rovio for 10 years already, so quite, quite some time. Um, our team is all about understanding our current and potential players. So we really want to understand who they are, uh, what they do, what they like in our games, what motivates them to play our games, and and really depending on where the game is in its life cycle. But we did do different different studies to to understand them and and also playtest our games to make them uh, as, as user-friendly as possible. Lovely, nice. And Carolina? Hi, my name is uh, Carolina and I have the user acquisition team here at Rovio. Uh, and in the UA, we call it UA team, we we reach out we reach out to new users to play our games. I joined Rovio around three years ago, and before that, I was uh, also doing UA for other gaming companies. And I've been in the industry for around uh, ten years. Now. 
Wow, you're nice. Um, cool. So now we know uh, who you guys are. Uh, let's get cracking. So first of all, um, I come to kind of loss first, just to give our listeners uh, some information about Rovio as a company, um, its origins, and just like you know the information about the employees you have here. So <clears throat> Rovio Entertainment Corporation, um, it's mainly focused in creating mobile games. Although we do branch out into licensing and brand licensing deals as well. We do have a large presence in trying to make red Rovio's space and identifying like Mario for Nintendo. That has been one of our major focus recently. Um, we also endeavored in trying to create or generate TV series, movies related to the brand that can be enjoyed across all ages. So a little bit um, recent in terms of our plans. Uh, we've launched a couple of Netflix series as well, so they're going perfectly nice. We've done movies for Angry Birds in the past as well. Very well, well received within the industry. And or now, we're focusing on Angry Birds brand, but the future will say where are we going next. So currently, um, we have, as a company, over 500 and plus employees worldwide. Um, one thing that we like to brag a lot is that we employ over 58 different nationalities. So we're a very extremely diverse company that's always trying to push for better results and trying to incorporate all cultures and all opinions into our you know, products and sales. And I think that shows in the quality. And we'll go into a little bit more detail down the road, but we currently have studios in Finland, uh, Espo, Stockholm, Copenhagen, Montreal, Toronto. Recently, we opened another studio in Barcelona, and we have a subsidiary of Ruby Games in East Britain, Turkey. Um, that gives you an overall idea, but we will go over the details of our company a little bit more um, down later today. Nice. Yeah. So, like, you guys are all in like some way, shape, or form part of the marketing uh, team at Rovio. So, how is the marketing team structured? Like, what's your role within the marketing team, and then how do you you know, work together, um, if I start with Astley. Uh, under the marketing umbrella, we have different crops. So we have the user acquisition, we have user research, we have the product marketing team, we have market research, I would say. Uh, also, we do have the uh, marketing creatives team, the MCT, as we call it. Uh, did I miss a number community? Oh, yeah, yeah. So we do have the community and player support team as well. So we do have different crafts under the marketing umbrella. Uh, maybe I can go with the product marketing team and give a little bit context. So as the product marketing marketing team, uh, we focus on fueling growth and maximizing marketability in our both like new and live games while we are advocating player focus within the game. So we work closely with the game teams and also we work closely with the other crafts under marketing. Um, in a nutshell, we lead marketing on what can I say marketing strategies and uh, tactics. We support creative strategies and enable the work of other like uh, player-facing crafts like user research, user acquisition, and brand and player support. Um, we do have a wide range of like responsibilities. So, um, for example, with the help of market research. Uh, we identify and size the market, 
and uh, market opportunities uh, for both new and live games. We profile target audience and uh, with the help of like user research team and uh, we kind of own it within the team, uh, but we work together closely with the user research team on that. We make sure that um, our target audience and their motivations and needs are surfaced uh, to all relevant stakeholders. Uh, we make sure that our games are real world levers, uh, clear value propositions and USPs that can be leveraged to differentiate ourselves in the market. Uh, by, um, as I said, we work closely uh, with the game teams from the get-go. So by getting involved in the earliest phases of development, we ensure that marketability assets is assessed Early on, uh, we provide insights to the game teams to ease their decision process. Yeah, I think that's like important to mention that I think a lot of people think that sort of marketing come near comes at the end. Yeah, exactly. Like you guys, if it's actually from the very beginning. Yeah, no, friends get guys. They we uh, start working with the game teams as early as the ideation stage of the games. So we work closely again with the game team and the other like player facing teams from the get go, from like early stages throughout the entire product life cycle. So yeah, this is what sets us uh, from the marketing managers, I would say. Yeah, right. marketing managers. Can I then ask like a, a side question on that? So kind of, I guess, what are the benefits for Robio that you have a product marketing manager that's there? from the beginning and then benefit would be we kind of ensure that we have the um product market fit of that specific product from the uh from the get-go and also we make sure that we have the player in focus so we kind of like build the game for our target audiences and we always make sure that we cover their needs their motivations and we make sure that those needs and motivations are surfaced to all the stakeholders. So we always keep those up to date. So everybody knows who our target audience is and what what uh, we are building the game for. Right. That makes sense. Yeah, cool. So j just a comment. I think that it should be said is that uh, our product marketing managers are the conductive line that actually makes sure that the games are within the expected performance within the expected results that they can deliver and coalesce all of the crafts into a single effort, making sure that the game continues to be uh, either profitable or will be profitable uh, to some extent. So they're actually key into making sure that all of the teams stay on target and we can actually create and improve the games as we keep developing them. And then how about from like a new way perspective, Karen? Yeah. yeah, so when it comes to UA for new games, it's more like we are also evolved from the beginning, but the product marketing really plays a bigger role there because we're still like identifying the audience and like supporting us with the task. So I would say like the UA work uh, continues also after the launch, so of course, during soft launch, during uh, launch, and but after launch, it's kind of like our like UA business as usual. Uh, and the, for user acquisition, it's also called performance marketing case. I'm not familiar with user acquisition. Uh, it's main thing we're doing is uh, attracting players to, to download our game and to play our game. Uh, and what is important is that we want to find the right audience also. And we do that to be uh, like choosing the, the best channels, but also like 
uh, optimizing the creators based on like uh, what is going to attract the users and also like share about the game. So show show the game. Um, I think what is a bit uh, different about Rovio is uh, it's not unique, but uh, one important part of our strategy is that uh, we want to have our UA teams embedded in the game teams. Uh, so there, it depends. Uh, some organizations they have, it, for example, as a central unit and just supporting the teams. But the, as part of our strategy, we really want to have them really working hand in hand with the, with the game teams, and that's uh, very important for to improve the collaboration. So we're like working, uh, I don't know, doing tests together, so for example, testing uh, mini games uh, in the game, and then like looking at the how the creative performance is. Is supporting those tasks and then there's for example some events that you can uh look at and optimize for so it's very important this connection with the game team and working uh, in collaboration so there's some or an alignment for example we're going to have an in-game event so we need for example more users to know about that or when around a for example re-engagement campaign so we can it's very important the alignment there uh but at the same time we have like uh, we work in uh, with the the games we also want to make sure that we have like a cohesive team also because at the end we are in the same market. So if we work too much in isolation, we also might miss opportunity and, and might not learn from each other. So that's one thing that we really try to get the best of both. Uh, we have, so right now in the UA team, so we are 18 people uh, and we are divided across uh, three different uh, studios. So we have our team members here in Helsinki, we have team members in Stockholm, I'm based in Stockholm also, and then we have the uh, in Copenhagen. So the idea is that we want to have also like work as a, as a team and we share a lot of knowledge also across the team. So for example, we do those like uh, check like the performance of all games together. Uh, we have this, for example, test and learning sessions where we look at uh, our tests and like uh, our failures also so we can learn from each other so we don't have to fail a lot of games. Uh, because it's very important for learning. And then one thing that the, it is great also, like in the sense that if you have like teams working in games, we do those, for example, peer reviews. So it's kind of like I'm, I work in one game, but then I'm doing a peer review of like the UA operations of another team. So it can help for me to learn what they're doing, but also like to help them maybe think of like different ways to, for example, structure the campaigns or like in maybe different creatives. Uh, and then we also have something uh, in the setup that I think it's uh, really cool, in my opinion, but it's something that already existed uh, uh, for some time here at the, at the company is that at the same time that we have like a team members focusing on the games, we also want to make sure that we have like a good level of expertise in all the main areas. So we have what we call domains. Uh, so a team member typically spend like a allocate some of their time just focusing on the domain that can be like a, a strategic uh, topic in a way, but then this person is going to work for like the whole team and not for the specific game that you're working on. So domain can be creative or it can be, for example, retargeting or it can be like a one channel that we, we run. So I think that's something that we try to like combine, like a little bit of everything we do, like focus on the game, but we also want to think like about the team as a whole. Yeah, yeah, and, and and that makes com complete sense. So then you, as you're part of the the central team, centralized team, you have an overview of, of what's happening in everywhere. So exactly, yeah, yeah it makes sense. Yeah, um, and then Sandra from um, at you know UX research. 
Yeah, so we uh, similar to to the PMMs, uh, and as with Ashley mentioned, we're also there from the get go. So already from the ideation phase, we start looking at well, once the tar- we know the target audience, we can already start reaching out to them and 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 seeing why they they are competitive competitor games and uh, learning from there what motivates them to play games in in general and and then already give them and uh, like show them the idea that we have and and get some feedback on the on it so yeah once we know the the target audience uh, we can reach out to them reach out to them and get to get to know them more uh, and then once the we know a bit more we can also test the like if we have theme ideas we can go uh, with like some mood boards or whatever and and show them to people and and see what they think about them would they be interested in a game like that uh, and once the game is going to to soft launch or when we have a prototype even we start testing it try to see if there's any usability issues there and or any any frustration points or or pain points that the the players might be facing facing when playing the game um then yeah once it's live then of course when when we have new features or new events coming then we're testing those and collecting feedback from from players on on those those things as well so we're also there on every stage of the life cycle uh our team is pretty small so uh we're only five people with myself included in there so so we try to support the game teams as much as possible uh one of us is a ua researcher so there we're obviously he's working super closely with carolina's team in ua uh trying to study the the creatives what's like well how can what can we learn about the creatives what makes a good creative and and also about like all the, the process analysis and everything and and study the whole funnel as well. Like what is the experience when a person sees an ad and once they download the game, go to the app store and, and start playing the game. So so studying the whole funnel, how it feels and if there's anything we can learn from there or any mismatch or anything of that sort. Yeah, so we have this role. It's a new role. It's yeah, it's just like a year yeah almost two two years ago it, it was very good add to the team because uh, we run like uh, we do like a lot of different creatives and we test them but more from a like a metric perspective we look at like conversion metrics and like a uh, post install metrics for the creators but then uh, yes so yeah like the, the ux uh, uh, ua researcher is really like adding a lot of that thing to like how we are looking at the the, the creative data and really helping the UA team like think of different ways of like how we look at creatives like we have now like better categorization of like what a creative means like what the different types of creatives and we are also working on creative tagging so it's really taking it to the next level so I think it's like a good attitude and a good mix of like having yeah cooperation between the UA and and UA research let's give a shout out to Jesse Reynolds (laughs) he deserves it yeah this is what I love about our team, marketing team, to be honest. We always like experiment and get the learnings and share with each other. So we kind of help each other uh, grow. So that is one of the like best things that we have here, I would say. So I find the opportunities, Asli develops them, and Selena makes sure that we actually understand who the, those audiences are. And Catalina makes sure that we have those audiences puts the product in front of them and delivers what they need when they need. So it's actually a very good synergy. And this can go in one direction or the other, depending on the actual use case of where and how we want to tackle a certain product. 
Um, and, and then community and player support, like yeah, it's, uh, they keep like the players like happy and like yeah. Um, providing like feedback, a... attending to their needs, making sure that they're happy and they have all of the support that they actually require. Um, and and to be honest, you know that earlier my background actually came from customer support, so it, it takes a lot more to actually understand those audiences and deliver and make sure that they're happy and delivering what they need when they feel that highest frustration because unfortunately that happens everywhere and they've been rejected. So and then also the results about the game also so for example we include that make like some brainstorming for creators because they really understand the players and like yeah campus. And they also support the game teams as well. They provide insights from from the players. So the voice player from yeah. soft and the developer. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but what you were saying, Asli, about uh, collaboration, I think that's something like uh, a knowledge exchange at Ruby with something really true. Are proud. Yes, yeah. And uh, it is very interesting. There was like a new team member in my team, uh, and uh, he shared something like that in his previous companies. Uh, it was very important that you owned a lot of knowledge, that you were like an expert and knew a lot of things. But at Rovio, it's much more valued that you share this knowledge so other people will get that also. So I think it's a really like a great like mindset that is it's more important that you share than actually that you own the knowledge. Yeah, cool. It's very, I mean, well, I imagine it doesn't it doesn't benefit the company remotely if one person exactly. holds the key because yeah. then, you know, if that person's sick or whatnot, exactly. then yeah, so no, that that makes complete sense. Um, I feel like we should also say that Carlos like you also know everything that's going as a market analyst, senior market analyst. You know everything that's going on in in the market. If someone coughs in the gaming industry, you know about it. Someone like should yes, <laughs> that that's pretty much it. Yeah, me and Carlos have had so many conversations where I'm like, just tell me everything that happens here. I want to know what's happening. Yeah. Um. All right. So kind of you've already touched upon this because you've said how like at, at Rovio it's very important that you share knowledge mm -hmm. and that everybody learns and it's okay that if you don't know something as long as then like you guys find out what it is that you need to know from the relevant people so what is different apart from that what else is different about your craft at Rovio versus perhaps um, other places? So this is my personal opinion and my experience I came from outside of the industry worked in banking customer support developed several bases from the ground up. Um, and I can tell you that one of the things, even after nine years in the industry that I've noticed once I joined Rovio is that people take accountability, not only for their own work, but for the work of the teams around them. So there's no negativity. If we do something wrong, we learn from it and we're trying to improve the product constantly. Fail faster, learn faster, improve faster. The, this accelerates our learning curve quite a bit. And you know that the games industry is more fast-paced than any other industry in the world. Um, that's why most professions from the games industry are actually coveted from other industries because we have that mindset that we need to deliver that and we aim for it. And the fact that we exchange that information here, it means that at least everybody involved in the process of creating or sustaining any product has an idea of where that should fit into the overall plan. Again, this accelerates the knowledge and accelerates the development of other people. And this to me is amazing because you can constantly be pushing the boundaries more often than not and always improving that quality of that product or that project, um, whatever you want to put it. Um, and another thing is it doesn't matter if you're junior, senior, I don't know, director, C-level, it doesn't matter because that mindset is present in all levels in the company. Um, I never had anyone saying, 
you were wrong to my face at all. And I know that I'm not perfect. I can make mistakes, particularly in market analysis, where you can make an assumption and it goes the other way, but that's part of the job. But here people say, good attend, let's keep an eye on this, or let's try to see if we can find a solution and try to develop this a little bit further. This is from my perspective, because each craft has their own, but that is definitely one of the pluses here at Rovio. No, it's been amazing. I've spoken to a lot of people um, who work at Rovio and I've heard it time and time again that it doesn't matter what your position is in the company, that if someone has a good idea, people want to hear about it. And it, and it has happened that someone who perhaps is not you know, C-level or whatnot has yeah. come up with an idea that has been incorporated because all ideas are shared and, and taken into consideration, which is, is lovely. We all in our voice here. Yeah. And uh, I forgot to mention that our KMM team like consists of 10 people and we are based in different uh, studios. We own different products, but we always share the know-how from each product and from every single experiment that we run, every test and everything. Uh, we kind of make it a safe space to share stuff, even your failures. And people are not afraid to ask questions and they can be curious and bold. So it is easy for us to be bold and share our voice and uh, our like ideas here. So. so let me take this as a segue. Um, I agree completely with you. So I'm going to pick up the topic because I want to talk about this in, in the AI, the, our diversity, equity and inclusion in the company as well. Inclusion is extremely important. Like I told you earlier, it does not matter. If you're senior, junior, where you're coming from, you have 59 nationalities. So cultures are different. There are going to be clashes, different opinions. At Trovia, there's a conscious effort to make sure that people feel that they are in a space that they can develop, that they can express themselves, that they can put their experience, their ideas on the table. Nobody is going to shun them. On the contrary, that's what leads to innovation. We just need to make sure that we approach those topics regardless. If I don't know, I'm male, female, if I'm coming from my home country, Portugal, of, or if I'm coming from Korea, it does not matter. We all bring something to the table and we try to make sure that sharing that experience, we can improve the product. Now, again, I wanted to point out that we do this internally, but Sunness team looks at inclusivity and making sure that we have the inclusion, the diversity and equity across all of our player base. So we need to develop games for our audiences based on their preferences. We're not trying to create a product and force it down on people's throats. We need to design for them something that they feel that it's magical, that they like to play and enjoy. And again, from this information, our user acquisition team are able to put the product in front of our audiences, make sure that they enjoy and providing all of the support that we need to actually grow. As so, all are included as well. I said this before, uh, DEI, I just wanted to be uh, clear and give you guys just a short um, understanding what it means for us as Rovio. So I asked this actually to our team and what are the three main core ideas that we want to make sure that people are aware what it means to work within our, our industry and our company. We want and create a diverse workforce. We want that feedback, that experience and that knowledge to be added into our teams. We want to foster inclusive and equitable workplace. You show your experience, your dedication, and you have a future within the company. You can grow. You can actually 
reach out and be, I come from archaeology just to give you an example, and I'm currently a market analyst. <laughs> if tomorrow I want to be a designer, I am sure I will find people to support me to go in that direction. Nice. If I want to be a programmer, the company will make sure that I have the tools to learn, develop, and to, well, even a small project for me to start it up. So that's understood. People want to thrive and try different things. That's extremely important to take into account. And again, I know that this sounds cliche, but we literally are very adamant. We want to be a good source of good in contributing to society and to people's happiness and welfare. Being in Finland brings that added quality of life on top and makes people a little bit more appear. I think that's one of the reasons from the other studios. I'm not quite sure I need to, to miss them, but I think that you can prove me wrong if I'm I'm saying something I shouldn't. Well, to be fair, Finland has been voted, I think, sixth year in yes. the yes. place. Yeah, yes. is it very true, and I very support this. But I think that people get this assumption that in Finland we're all just like smiling everywhere. They they haven't seen us in the middle of January when it's like minus five outside and we've got no sunlight or whatnot. Yeah, so, yeah. But Denmark and Sweden are also like high up in the ranks. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I think the Nordic yeah, the whole certainly. Yeah. Now, being a market analyst, I say the good and the bad. And I need to say one thing. Although this sounds like a propaganda uh, speech that I'm telling you, um, it's actually a conscious effort. Uh, what we're trying to do currently is we're trying to teach our team leads, our management teams, how to deal with unconscious bias across the industry, regardless any topic. We're trying to raising the concerns from the teams themselves and the audiences and making sure that we're delivering what they would like to experience. Uh, we're exploring ways to increase our awareness. We're talking about harassment and discrimination. We're talking about everything that is injustice that could be negative for your sanity as former, our professional. Even in our audiences, again, the values are the same. We want to make sure that people are happy, enjoy the products, enjoy working with us, and actually can develop even further than before when they turn. Sorry, I, I just needed to say this out loud. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and I, uh, I've also really appreciated that we have these trainings, like it's for, for the whole Rubio, but especially for supervisors, we have a lot of trainings to, so that like we know that like we don't all maybe know these things from, from the get-go, but we are here to learn. And, and also since supervisors are near, in a really critical uh, place, when especially when hiring people, so that we... We're kind of mindful of uh, of these biases and and everything. So at least for me, they've been super helpful. Uh, and yeah, knowing <laughs> of course we're not perfect, but we can learn learn and and be more mindful when when making decisions, when talking to people, and and yeah. So it's been really really great. And I and I wanted to add because it's there's of course the the part that we we aim to have, but I think there's also about like how you feel as a new joiner at Rovio or like Good. working at Rovio. And I remember. I joined like three years ago. It's been some time now, but uh, but I remember like the first weeks. This was something that I, I still remember. Like how, as a new joiner at Rovio, you really feel that you can be who you are. It's not like it. Be, I don't know. Maybe depending on the the organization, you need to like show off or like you need to show that you know your stuff. But I think here at Rovio, everyone is very open and respectful, and I think it's it's a really safe environment. And I think that's that's really great, and it's. We can't take it for granted because it's nothing that's everywhere. Yeah, and and it is very evident. Like we were, you know, before that we started recording this podcast, we were sort of in the sort of breakout area, and people were like joining. And hey, like it's very clear. Like you guys will know each other, and everyone was like, you could you can feel the vibe, right? Like you know, it and it, it did feel 
it does feel very, very relaxing and friendly here, which is lovely. I do not find a story though about that one. I kind of joined during the first lockdown in 2020. So I boarded online and I had to meet my colleagues through video calls. So I never thought that it would be easy onboarding because I was kind of stuck in Turkey as well because the borders were closed. So I had no means to chill outside the country. I couldn't relocate. So it was all a mess. But shout out to Stockholm peeps, I would say I never felt excluded or like I was alone. So we do have a like tight knit community in Stockholm, I would say. But it is same here, but I I'm I'm gonna like favor the Stockholm It's Yeah, it is. It is more like a family away from home. So it has been a smooth onboarding and once I relocated to Stockholm, it was like I already belonged. So yeah, we do have nice people here. I would say that people are the best thing in about Romeo and so forth. No, definitely. And also like um I really appreciated on International Women's Day um when Romeo put out um a video. I saw it on LinkedIn, um and it was basically women but lots of different kinds of women. And you could really see that it was women as they truly are. So some women, for example, you know, had lots of like makeup on, some women had no makeup on. Like like you could see that it was people, like women who work at Rovio who are just themselves and basically saying, I'm a gamer because I always try and push back against this stereotype of what a stereotypical gamer is. Because I just think if you're, if you're playing Angry Birds two hours a day on your mobile phone, then you're a gamer. Like, you don't have to be sitting in your basement, you know, until three o'clock in the morning. So I really appreciated that. And I think things like that show that Rovio clearly does listen and does respect different kinds of people, personalities, cultures, genders, you know, those kinds of things. So I thought that was, that was mega, mega cool. Um, and I just sort of wanted to ask Sunna, you know, what's the best thing about working at Robbie or for you, and especially as a, as a Finnish person working at a Finnish company, you know, what does it sort of mean to you? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, of course it may be, yeah, it does mean, mean more to me in that sense. Do you think as it is? Am I wa- waving the Finnish <laughs> So yeah, I am of course proud that it's a, it's a Finnish company and, and it is great. Um, but I would say like, yeah, since I've been here for, for 10 years already, it is definitely the people why I stick around for so long. Um, the the people are great. Uh, and of course, like even if the, they're changing, like we're getting new people, but there's a lot of things happening all the time. So there's new people coming, we have new projects, new methods or whatever. So there's like, it keeps changing all the time. So uh, yeah, so I think that's that's what's great, great about Robio and, and what I really enjoy and why I don't, yeah, haven't felt the need to to go anywhere else because yeah. It's fresh all the time, new things happening. Nice. Um, so I just like want to also touch on the fact that Robbio is 20 years old, Angry Birds is 15 years old. So kind of what's in the pipeline? What, what are you allowed to say as to what is sort of happening this year? Because I imagine there must be some celebrations um, for this massive, or these two massive milestones. Let, let me just give a little taste to keep our audiences and our competitors on their toes. <laughs> um, so games industry, things change, might not go ahead and know how product releases can be impacted by external factors. That being said, we do have a lot of projects in the pipeline. It's, it's going to be a very, very, let me put my marketing cap on, a very hot pipeline for 
the next year and a half, two years. So currently we have something around nine games in development, which is quite a bit. Uh, we are planning to have four in SoftLaunch within the next year. year. Um, recently, we've uh, released information around a very good partnership that we've had with the Moomin brand. And we're currently evaluating and accompanying well, business as usual, seeing how the game performs, looking into potential markets, doing our our jobs uh, and making sure that the game is a hit. Um, just giving a shout out to um, our Eastme Studio, Ruby Games are looking into Hunter Assassins 2 and Hunter Heroes projects, which are currently as well in planning for soft damage. This information is known and already, but unfortunately for the other projects, I can only say Stay tuned, keep your ears on the ground. You're going to be very excited what we have in our current life. Now, for our 20th anniversary? Yeah, Romeo 20th, yes. Yeah. Um, who can say more? Because I'm actually... Yeah, so there are some activities uh, beyond like the games. games. So um, it was actually just published that we, we will have the Angry Birds games put on the Mercedes E-Series cars. So that's pretty exciting. And that's something super, super new. Um, and then also we'll be having the first ever Angry Birds Cafe opening in, in New York. Uh, uh, yes, in, in May. So so those are obviously super exciting. But it's going to massively fly over to New York. Yeah, so last uh, end of last year we also organized this RoviaCon, which we've been having uh, every year, year uh, basically, which is a great, uh, great success and it's a great, unique and huge event that we organize for the game industry professionals. So especially... This year, with Robio turning 20, we're hoping to have that uh, organizing this year as well, but that's still to be confirmed later. Right. So, is that it usually happens around the slush time? Yeah, so in November. Yeah. So, let's see. So, all of these activities are happening this year or next year. Um, so, on those two, two timelines, yeah. And then I imagine you're going to have a massive party at the office. Please tell me it's going to be a big party. Every week, I hope you get good cake at the very least. Just a shout out to all of you out there that are looking to join games industry. Elvio has a lot of open positions. Do not be afraid to send over your resume, your CV. Tell us why you love our games, why you want to work in the industry. Again, everybody is looking into those resumes and trying to understand, will this person fit into our culture? Would it be a good fit for the person as well? We provide feedback. We're always looking for them and offering opportunities for people to actually reaching out. This goes to new people and to seniors. Just check out our jobs page online and if needed, reach out through uh, LinkedIn or any social media. Tell us that you'd like to work with us. Tell us why. And Join our team. That's pretty much it. Um, I know a lot of people that are afraid, particularly younger um, professionals that are afraid, oh no, that's too big and too difficult to get in. Just try it. That's perfect. We want to know about you. We want your feedback to join our team. We want you to make sure that your ideas are the future of our product. So give it a go. Nice. All right. So before we end the podcast, I just want to say a massive thank you to our guests. Again, like I can't tell you how much this means to me. Like Ashley and Carolina have flown from Stockholm to do this. So like, so appreciate it. Um, and also like such an interesting discussion and also to hear from like the, the marketing perspective. There's lots of discussions about, you know, game development and design and stuff, but like 
there's so it just it's important to highlight that there are so many moving parts in the gaming industry it's not just the coders who sit there and physically you know do the coding and stuff it's a huge operation so it's so cool to hear from this perspective as well um so once again uh, on today's podcast we've had sunna a ux research team lead astley a senior product marketing manager carolina ua director and then carlos senior market analyst if you are hiring for new technical roles or you're looking for a new role, uh, feel free to get in touch with us here at Evolution. Or if you or anyone you know would like to be featured on a future podcast, you can drop me a message anytime. My name is Melanie and you can find me on LinkedIn or email me at melanie.lindsay at evolution-nordics.com or you can visit us at evolutionjobs.com forward slash SE. Thanks again to all of our guests. Thank you guys for listening and we hope you can join us again next time.